welcome to another episode of Left of the Dial. I am your host, Kitsy, and with me, as always, is the rambling Caleb Coy. Caleb, uh, how are you? Earning my nickname is, is how I am. I'll be over here rambling, Lord, Lord. All right. <laughs> Lord, Lord. So, <laughs> do you want to tell us about uh, your pick for this week? Yeah. You, uh, we, what, do we, what do we just hear? Uh, all right. So, uh, my pick for this week was the record No Waves by the band The Y Axes. Uh, and this is a relatively recent release. I think it came out kind of mid-2019. Um, and what we just heard was the song How We Begin, which uh, coincidentally is the end of the record. It's the, the, the final track uh, because, you know, you're so caught up with how it ends. But what matters is how we begin. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, so I'm I, so mad at you. <laughs> you should be. I deserve it. Um, we, uh, we, we talked about this last week, I think, where like, I'm, I'm a sucker for like, when a record has at least one big like, sing-along anthem, like one big like, crowd pleaser that like, everyone is going to be singing at least part of because everybody has managed to pick up at least on the, hey, and we'll sing along in that with you. <laughs> and this, uh, this song has that in buckets full. Uh, and there's actually some some really great uh, live footage of them playing the song, and you can see that the crowd is all into it, uh, and it's exactly what I would have expected. Uh, now, I actually chose this band uh, or this record because uh, up until recently, at least one, I think maybe a couple of members of the band uh, were coworkers. Uh, they worked for a, a division of uh, my company out in out in San Francisco, uh, and so I, I learned about. Uh, this record when it was released uh, through our, our our musicians Slack channel, and uh, their org within the company was was recently sold off to another, so we we no longer work together, which is sad. Uh, but I just I fell in love with this record immediately uh, when uh, the singer shared it in in Slack, and uh, just I. Like I've been enjoying this and like, I've tried to play it for other people. And, uh, we talked about this before. We're like, you know, like here, listen to this. And they're just like, Oh, leave me alone. <laughs> so I've who been, are you and why are you in my house? <laughs> why are you here? Uh, so I've been waiting for the perfect moment to like, to share this with someone who would appreciate it and was so thrilled to hear your reaction to this. Um, because I love it. Um, yeah, I loved this record. Uh, <laughs> This, uh, you, 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 when we did, we did our, our episode a couple weeks back on, on, uh, with, with press club. Yes. And you mentioned how that was one of those records that like a few tracks in, you saved it to your library. Yes. That's what happened with this for me. I think I was at the third <laughs> song. I was like, yeah, I'm going to want to hear this again. <laughs> yes. I love it. And it's one of those rec records where like every song, like start to finish, like they're all bangers. Like, like don't skip around with this. And like, you know, if I want to hear one specific song, I'll go and do that. But like, uh, I, this record, uh, is cohesive from front to back and like is one that I enjoy listening to as a whole. Uh, fun fact about this band, uh, they, uh, released a, a video for one of their older songs. I think it's called neon streets. I don't remember exactly. Um, but the music video, is a short film called Teenage Republican Vampires from Outer Space. Uh, and <laughs> I want so badly now, to see that made into a feature. <laughs> I was going to say, now this, this sounds like prime never heard of it material. Right? I actually, uh, I, I messaged Michael as soon as I watched this video. I was like, so what kind of ins do you have with the film company you work for? Because this has to get made. <laughs> and the band was totally down too. They're like, yeah, we should fucking do that. <laughs> I, I love this record. Yes. I'm a little, I'm a little mad, uh, that this band seems to have existed for a little while. Yes. Yeah. Um, they're from San Francisco. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You and I, a few years ago lived in Oakland. Yes. We did not know about this band when we lived there. No, in fact, uh, one of their music videos, there's a, a brief clip of them playing at a street festival in Oakland. And like, I recognized the street and I was like, God damn it. Like, was that happening when I was there and I just didn't go? Or like, is that more recent? I, I don't yeah, know. Like, 
I'm I'm mad that like we could have potentially seen this band a few times like while we lived there and we didn't and I'm, I'm angry about that yeah but i'm happy that they exist and that we we know about them now yeah me too. Um, so my my first impressions um i i have two things written down here is um if i had to describe this band in one sentence i would say if churches was a guitar-based band Ooh. okay because i definitely get a, a, a very churches vibe but again, it's very guitar heavy. Yeah, well, which uh, churches is not, and so I it's like so to me for someone who really prefers guitar based music, but is also a big fan of churches, like this was just right up my alley. Yeah, well, and they layer in some really interesting stuff, like the big like anthemy hook part with all the haste in how we begin. Like that's someone they actually brought into the studio playing violin uh, along to that track, and like there are four piece like. Drums, guitar, bass, vocal. Right? But then on this record, this, this goes right back to when we talked about uh, first, uh, first episode. Um, the like, recording, like, I think in some, uh, some spots, is maybe a little bit rougher around the edges, but the way that they layer sound uh, is right up my alley with that, like, what else can we cram into this? Yeah, like, that's going to sound awesome. Let's do it. And I love it. I'm here for it. Um, I actually, uh, when I heard this, had like throughout this record, pick up a lot of uh, kind of early 2000s, like emo and pop punk vibe, um, thinking like Element 101 type stuff. Um, but also with a lot of, a, a little bit more like, I guess I would say like in, in quotes, like modern pop kind of songwriting sensibility. Uh, in the way that they, they structure the songs. And I, I think that, that like, it meshes really well. It's, it's kind of taking the, the stuff that we listened to 15, 20 years ago and bringing it to like, current relevance. Nice. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. Um, another thing that really stuck out to me uh, was that their, their description of themselves on Bandcamp. I don't mm. know if you, if you saw that, Caleb. I did not. Oh, you're going to love this then. It says, we are not the future of pop music. We are pop music from the future. <laughs> I do like and I that. I think that just I think that nails that like that nails their sound. Like that's perfect. Yeah. We are pop music from the future. I love it. Yeah. And and if this is indeed pop music from the future, I can't wait to get to the future cuz holy shit. Maybe that's why we never got to see them because they hadn't come back from the future yet. Oh, that <laughs> could be. It's a temporal thing. Yeah, no, I get it. It's, so we started at, at the ending with, with how we begin and how it's this big sing-along song. And I think that's a really great way to end a record. Uh, but I, like, this is one, like, one of the things that really stick with me is how does a record start and how does it end? And so uh, you know, coming back around to the beginning of the record, the, the uh, track Empty Space, uh, I think is one worth a, a listen to. Uh, and I think it's just, it's such a great, like high energy opener with like super catchy hooks. And it really just kind of draws you in right off the bat and lets you know, like, this is what this band is about. a couple tracks that I, I marked down here as, as my standout tracks. Um, one of them being Moon, which is the seventh track. Yes. Um, I, I liked Moon for two reasons. 
because for one, it's it's uh, the lyrics are about wanting to be born as a planet and hang out with moons and stuff like that. And I think mm. that's just a really cool concept. Yes. In general. Um, but then towards the end, uh, the, the word moon is repeated a few times. Um, and, it, and the, the way it's sung is, is very churches to me, just to kind of bring that, uh, that churches thing full circle. Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, it's a very ethereal track. Uh, I intentionally used the pun spacey. Uh, you know, when you listen to it, <laughs> it, it is this like, just kind of sweeping like big sounding track and i think this actually might have been the first like single if singles are still a thing um i know sure. this this is the first one where the the band shared a, a music video uh and it's a fully like produced music video not just like you know live clips or whatnot uh which is valid in and of itself but i think it's cool when you have one that's meant to tell like tell the story of the song uh and so there's a lot of space imagery and there's a lot of like you know, out camping under the stars. And it's, it's kind of a it, really neat idea. Um, and I feel like this song, intentionally or not, really kind of captures that feeling of being very small in the universe. Yeah, it definitely does, um, which is something I get lost in a lot, is start thinking about how vast the universe is. Oh, my God. How... Yeah, and then I just kind of curl up under my blankets and cry. Because <laughs> it's just, there's just so much out there, and we'll never see any of it. Most of these songs, uh, I think, really are like these big kind of like catchy, you know, driving pop songs. Uh, but there's one track that, that stands out as like uh, really interesting in the way that it's arranged. Uh, it's Parts Unknown. Uh, and it just has this really like staccato drum beat and like the hi-hat mutes that I love uh, where it's like open and then immediately closed. Um, and it's got this kind of like 80s synth pop vibe to it. I'm assuming in my head, this is where the song would play and I'm dancing to it. For those of you who aren't <laughs> on the Google Hangout right now, which is everyone but me and Caleb, uh, Caleb is, is just doing like a little dance. <laughs> and I'm hearing the song in my head. It's fantastic. Nevertheless. Well, let's, let's hear it now. <laughs> oh, nevertheless, that's another song. <laughs> Known as gravity. 
I, I wrote down standout track. Yes. Apparently I liked Nevertheless a lot. I didn't write down any reasons why it's a standout track, but I apparently really enjoyed it. Nevertheless is actually one of, if not my favorite track on the record, probably, probably second favorite. Uh, and a big part is from the writing. Uh, and like these lines from the, the chorus that really stand out. You know, I live my life with my eyes closed, but I live it nonetheless. I never said that it wasn't a mess, but it's all I have left and I don't know what's next. Uh, it's just the whole idea, like, just kind of like blindly stumbling through life, but like, I'm fucking trying, like everything's a wreck, but like, I'm getting somewhere at least. I'm doing my best, all right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, I think, like, hands down, my, my favorite track on this record is Another Timeline. Um, I am so glad you said that. Please. Because the note that I wrote for Another Timeline is, this intro is Jimmy Eat World as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it absolutely is. Uh, and I guess I, I didn't really think about that, but you're absolutely correct. Uh, and that's probably why I like it so much. Um, that probably is. But, you know, we, we talked earlier about time travel and uh, tying it into uh, the Nahoid again. If you've ever heard us uh, do a, a time travel episode, I am a sucker for time travel uh, and get really lost in the idea of, you know, what I would do uh, in either direction were I able to. Uh, and the imagery um, of this, you know, all the things we used to do in another timeline when it was me and you. And I just think about it like, you know, that's obviously, you know, imagery of the past, you know, and like another part of our life. But, you know, I think about how uh, in, in time travel, a lot of it is the idea of like divergent timelines rather than actually traveling back in a single stream. Uh, and I think about like, you know, what what happened in that other timeline, you know, with when things were different, like if that had carry on. Uh, and so that's the kind of the, the imagery that I get lost in with this song. Uh, and you know, uh, as the song says, uh, all that we have are circular thoughts. And that's kind of how I feel when I'm listening to this. that really stood out uh for me is smoke okay yeah and it 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 actually frustrated the hell out of me because it reminds me of another song and i can't place it and i listened to it like four or five times in a row and it's like right there on like the verge of my memory 
but I just can't find it. I'm trying to find the, the lyrics for that. I, I swear that when I first started taking notes for this, their, uh, their lyrics were all on Genius Lyrics. Uh, and they're, now, they're definitely on Bandcamp. Now they're not at all. Oh, that's helpful. That's where I found them. Bandcamp, that's where you can give money to the bands directly yeah. in exchange for their music, which, which is a better way to do it than streaming, because that way bands actually get paid for the work that they do. You should definitely do that. Please buy records. This has been a public service announcement from Left of the Dial. Well, hey, listeners, uh, hopefully you exist. And if you do, <laughs> listen to this song. And if you, if, you, if you know what it might remind me of, uh, send us a tweet. Yeah. great song for me was uh the gap in between and my notes that i wrote down for this one was a dope guitar solo (laughs) which is the uh the very next song after smoke so yes it is yeah so again like what i'm trying to avoid as i'm taking my notes for these is just to go down the the road like okay track one this is what i think track two this is what i think i'm looking for like specific standouts so i'm going from the you know, the beginning and the end and like trying to grab some stuff from the middle too. But like, this is one of those records I I could very easily have taken notes on every song because like, they're all really good to me. I I love this record start to finish. I actually did take notes on every song and that's very rare for me, even on like (laughs) albums that I have picked and love and have listened to hundreds of times. So that's awesome. Just, yeah, this, this record rules, please check it out. Uh, please buy it if you like it because supporting bands is the cool thing to do. And if you have an opportunity to go see them live from what I've seen from footage on YouTube, uh, very much worth your time. Very high energy set. Uh, Well, let's take a break. We'll hear from our sponsors this week. And when we come back, bet you can't guess what we're going to do. Oh, oh, I think I know. We're going to talk about my pick. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight, And I'm Caleb Coy. And together, we plumb the murkiest depths and scour the darkest corners of the internet in search of movies. Movies you might have missed. Or purposefully skipped over. We break down the madness and offer tiny tidbits of trivia. Or sometimes just yell into the abyss about how these movies ever got made. Catch a new episode every week.
Welcome back to this week's episode of Left of the Dial. I am still your host, Kitsy, and with me once again, as always, is Caleb Coy. Continuing to not go anywhere. <laughs> We've got him chained to the desk. He can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> Until he fulfills his cont- contractual obligation of 10,000 episodes of oh, this podcast. Oh God, there's so many. <laughs> I don't know if I've even listened to 10,000 records in my life. Well, you're gonna, and you're gonna hate music by the time it's over. <laughs> okay. And actually, uh, not to bum you out, but I would, I would point out that it would be 20,000 records because we do two records an episode. Oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Wait, that means I have to come up with 10,000 records. Oh, God. Um, you can do it. I believe in you. Oh, boy. Send us your record recommendations, please. Um... <laughs> uh, so, coming back from the break, uh, you just heard Basking in the Glow by Oso Oso off the album of the same name. This album just came out last year. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it came out to very, uh, very good critical reception. Everyone seemed to have enjoyed this record. I was one of those people, but uh, Caleb, what did you think? Uh, I, so we talked about this with your response to run wild by Lydia, how you like, you listened to it through and you enjoyed the experience, but like it didn't really like jump out at you. And I Mm -hmm. really liked this record, but I need to find the context in which uh, I'm going to like, like truly appreciate it. Uh, So I'm, I'm going to come back to this sometime in the next couple of weeks and try to find like the perfect moment to really appreciate it. Cause, um, I, I, I did take some notes, but like, uh, they started to be kind of repetitive, uh, and not necessarily in a bad way. And we'll, we'll get to why, uh, but there wasn't a lot that was really jumping out at me. Like I really need to talk about this. Um, but I did enjoy the record. I was, I was very pleased with it actually. Excellent. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, so I, I am, uh, I'm new to the, the Oso Oso party. I'd um, never heard of Oso Oso. I, I hadn't either. Actually, this is another band that, uh, basically a bunch of people I follow on Twitter got real stoked about this record when it came out. So I thought, Hey, I'll listen to that. And I did. And now you're listening to it. <laughs> and that's how that happens. And that's um, how that works. And that's the way the world works. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's uh, so here's uh, this will be a little bit of a tangent, but I promise it'll be worth it. Um, I'm saying that to myself so I don't cut this out later. Hopefully, uh, this this band this record reminds me. Um, my my first impression was it reminds me of the Get Up Kids. Okay. And I couldn't figure out why. And you're probably not able to figure out why either, I'm guessing, Caleb. No. Okay. Let me tell you a story. Okay. In the early 2000s, back in the days of Napster and other uh, illegal downloading, uh, when that was like the only way to get new music online. Yeah. Um, I had downloaded a, um, a just like random collection of songs that uh included uh it was it was basically just a a bunch of anti-flag and get up kids songs okay like randomly uh together great combination by the way i don't know who thought of that uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like it was i think it was basically just i was looking on like you know uh naps or something and it was like you know these are some punk bands that you should listen to. And I put them in this folder and you can download it. And it's the get up kids and anti-flag. That's basically how Napster worked. That's basically how Napster worked. For those of you who didn't actually do that. Um, another fun thing about Napster is that a lot of times people would mislabel mm-hmm. bands as being other bands with the intention of you would be like, I'm going to listen to the get up kids. Yeah. And then suddenly you'd have a bunch of saves the day songs, which is what happened to me. Oh, <laughs> So, <laughs> so I had this, I, so I burned this, this collection of songs that I downloaded from Napster to a CD that was basically just a random shuffle of anti-flag, uh, songs, get up kids songs and saves the day songs that were labeled as get up kids songs. 
So for the longest time, I didn't know these were two different bands. I just assumed that maybe they were one of those bands that had two different singers. Which sometimes that's a thing. They totally were. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, and so, so to me, even to this day, I still have a hard time telling them apart that's because they're forever they're forever linked as the same band in my subconscious. So when I say that this band reminds me of the Get Up Kids, I think what's really happening is they have some saves the day vibes. Um, especially the basking in the glow track uh, has some saves the day vibes. And my, my subconscious is rewiring that to get up kids. Cause in my mind, that's <laughs> the name of that band, even that, though it's not. That's weird, it's, but it makes sense. It's weird, but it makes sense. And so that's why to me, my first impression was like, this kind of sounds like the get up kids, even though it really doesn't that much. <laughs> um, I remember having on my my first iPod for years a track that was very much labeled uh, Newfound Glory, but wasn't, and I never found out who it actually was. Uh, so there was a really good Newfound Glory song out there that is not at all Newfound Glory. See, that's the thing I never got about this, like, this Napster thing of, like, I'm going to trick you into listening to this other band. It's like, now I don't know who this other band is, and I really <laughs> like them, and I have no fucking clue how to find out what the band is turns out people have always been dicks it just took the <laughs> proliferation of the internet for us to really know it <laughs> yeah um i also uh in that time period downloaded a bunch of uh less than jake songs that were definitely not less than jake no idea what <laughs> ska band i was listening to um but it wasn't less than jake and some of the songs were were, were dope and i have i to this day could not tell you who they are and that's that's a tragedy do you still have them? Oh, no, definitely not. I'll say if you still had them, you could Shazam them and solve the mystery. Oh, that would be smart, but I don't. <laughs> I lost. Oh, that was so many computers ago. I don't even know where those tracks got to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I gave up the idea of being sentimental about uh, my media library a long time ago, which is good because I've lost a lot. <laughs> I could probably... Well, no, because my mom moved recently. I was going to say there's probably like a, an old like CD wallet of burned CDs somewhere in like my mom's basement or attic that they might exist on. But yes. uh, she moved a couple years ago and I'm I'm I really hope those got thrown out because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of garbage in there. Um, anyway, oh, so oh, so basking in the glow. Uh, didn't know a lot about this band. Still don't really. It's um, just, is it just one person? The, the one guy doing the, the songwriting and like everything but the drums uh maybe i don't know uh when i look so i've been using genius lyrics a lot just because they seem to be uh, oddly enough like the internet is not reliable with song lyrics uh and i blame the, it never has been the uh the the loss of physical media and like no longer having those liner notes readily available uh, where like it's literally right there, and if you type it wrong, then that's on you. Um, but they also have writing credits on Genius Lyrics, and like every single one of these tracks uh, shows like written by the same uh, same person, and then like um, the instruments uh, are all credited to the same person, uh, Jade Lilitree, I think his name. Uh, just everything but drums is credited to this one person. So I feel like it might oh. be one of those bands, which I always find really interesting when one person is able to like capture a, like all of these sounds so well. Cause That's really cool. I actually didn't know that. So I, I couldn't do that. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I can barely do one thing right. That's why you have me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I actually uh, wrote down that this whole record to me has uh, a vibe that sits somewhere between uh, Modest Mouse, Not a Surf, and Cursive. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because there were a few different tracks, uh, specifically the intro and then uh, Impossible Game near the end of the record, that uh, vocally very much reminded me of Modest Mouse. Yeah, so the intro was the first one that stuck to me. I'm like, this has a super Modest Mouse verb, uh, a vibe to it. Mm 
But yeah, like some of the other tracks have the kind of like, uh, I don't really know exactly how to describe it other than just like the energy that Not A Stuff brings to a lot of their like poppier songs and more upbeat stuff. Uh, and it's, it's interesting to, to like mix those two sounds. Um, now I call out uh, Cursive in particular, if I can mention one track, the, the last track, Charlie, uh, feels to me that like, uh, with more cello, it could have been on the ugly organ. I could see that. Um, I also wrote my, my notes for this track is that there's a, a killer, uh, guitar solo towards the end of that track as well. Yes. Oh, and, uh, and you know how much I love a killer guitar solo. I do. I do. It's, it's seven. Seven is how much I love a killer guitar solo. <laughs> So one of the really interesting tracks for me was uh, Smack in the Middle of a Record, One Sick Plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I like the song from a songwriting perspective, um, but I thought the production was an interesting choice. And I don't know if... Um, so, so this track it was... Um, it's a very lo-fi, like almost like it was recorded on like an old tape deck with like a warped, already warped cassette tape. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, when the first, when the first time I heard it, the track kicked in, I was like, Oh, this is kind of a cool, like lo-fi intro. No, that's the whole track. The whole track sounds like that. Yeah. And I just, I kept waiting for like the full band sound with all the big production that the rest of the record has to kick in. And it just never happened. And that left me a little wanting, and I'm I'm wondering if this was recorded that way, like intentionally on purpose for the record, or if this was like a you know bedroom demo kind of thing, and then was like, well, let's just use this for the record because it sounds cool. Yeah, I don't and know. I'm not sure which one it is. One, two. There's a really interesting contrast too between that and the the song before it, Dig, which to me mm-hmm. was a, a standout track. Uh, but one of the like particular things that I love about it is Dig had this massive outro, this just huge instrumental swelling thing that just like abruptly ends, and then we're in this like really like quiet lo-fi track after it. And there's such a stark contrast between that. Yeah, so and that makes me think it might have been an intentional choice um, because of that contrast, but uh, it's it's really hard to say. But um, 
yeah, I think the the obvious choice would have been to do that lo-fi uh, bedroom demo sound as a as an intro, and then have the rest of the track kick in. Yeah, um, and it's it's kind of you know on one hand it's kind of cool that that, that that they didn't do that because um, sometimes it's nice to not go with the obvious choice. Um, but on the other hand, I I do find myself kind of just wanting to get back to the sound of that record that I'm I'm really digging. Yeah, it's it's a weird balance between like you know the artist wanting to do something maybe different, something that stands out, uh, versus the desire for the song to resolve in a familiar way. And something I like I struggle with a lot when I listen to stuff and like I think like you know this should have like a big build at the end, but it doesn't. Or like you know this song should like really just like this second verse should just drop out, but it doesn't. Or like sometimes like the opposite happens. A song is very predictable. Like, okay, so in this one, they're going to do uh, a big intro and then it's going to drop to like a super quiet Paul Moody, Moody verse and then back up. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's a fine line to, to balance of, of being, you know, you don't want to be too predictable, mm-hmm. but you also don't want to be too, so different that people are 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 kind of like waiting for something that's never going to happen. Yeah, something that's like almost off-putting because it's like outside of the the expectation. Yeah, um, but I mean, off-putting is not the word I would use because I mean, I I do still really enjoy this record, and, I, and even that track, I, I do still enjoy. Fine. Um, I mean, oh, you <laughs> can use the word. <laughs> You, you're welcome to use the word no, off-putting. No, it's it's is okay. Off, it's fine. Is off is off-putting two words? Ah, uh, no, it's one. I think it might it's be high-putting. Hyphenated. Hyphenated is words is are a hard. Hyphenated word is a hyphenated word. Two words or one word? I think a hyphenated word is technically counted as one. Okay. But I'm not well, an then, English major. Well, then you can use that word. Some, I would not. Somebody but, we know would know the answer somebody if you know the answer <laughs> tweet at caleb micah and tell him if off-putting is one word or two tell me what for yes and also tell him why he shouldn't use that word to describe this track on this record <laughs> told you i'm gonna give this whole record another shot uh in you know what i feel would be the ideal circumstances and see if it catches um it'll always go down as uh you know one that i uh, am able to listen to and appreciate um but i want to love it i think i think you will if this one for me took a couple listens before i really got um before i really got into it um 
I loved the energy of the view. Uh, it's got this really like driving drum beat that like uh, is a style that just always like always catches me whenever I hear it in, a, in a song with this particular beat. So like right from the get go, like it had my attention. Uh, and I think this track, if I remember correctly, was where I started to feel that kind of not a surf type vibe, that like early 2000s pop, like really just driving song. So that, I mean, that's really everything that I, I had on this record. Um, it, like I said earlier, it was hard for me to find specific points that I wanted to discuss, uh, but that's not necessarily a dig at the record. No, it's really more a dig at you. It is. It's, uh, it's a failure on my part. No, no, it's <laughs> not. You know, listen, when you, when you listen to as many records as we do, uh, which we do for a living, apparently. Yes. We, they, you know... The podcast, they make us do this. Um, <laughs> they make the, us the, do the, the, the company that owns this podcast makes us listen to these records. And, uh, tyrannical. You know, you can't, you can't love them all. You just can't. Um, uh, I, damn podcast conglomerate company. I picked one for a couple of weeks from now that I almost kind of hope you hate. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. Okay. Ooh, I'm looking at our, our Google Doc. We we have a, we keep a Google Doc that uh, <laughs> tells us what's coming. And um, oh, that was bad. I didn't mean to do that. I just uh. accidentally checked off everything. Um, we keep a Google Doc that tells us you know helps us keep this all straight. And I'm looking at next week. And next week's pick is um, actually a record that I uh, showed to you for the first time. Yeah. So yeah. I, so I know it's not that one. No, it's not that one. I'm very much looking forward to discussing that record. Uh, because oh man, next week's going to be a bummer too. Cause both of these records are pretty, uh, pretty heavy. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have some serious thoughts about this next record, but, uh, uh, it actually was the one that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this, uh, next week when we record, but it's the one that in, uh, ended up inspiring last week's episode. Uh, I was listening to, uh, next week's record, uh, when Spotify recommended Lydia to me. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be fun. That's very interesting. Uh, well, I think, uh, I think we've pretty much covered, uh, Oso Oso today as, as much as we're going to. Yeah. Yeah. You feel good about that? Yeah. Cool. Uh, and again, it, as much as I've, I've struggled to find specific positive things to say about this record, uh, what I don't want to, uh, leave the impression of is that I didn't enjoy it or that it shouldn't listen to it because it was really good. So what you're saying is you didn't not love it. I didn't not love it. <laughs> and that is the, the best praise I've ever heard Caleb give a record. <laughs> it failed to make me hate it. <laughs> no, it's, it's a, it's a great record. Uh, I, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I think if you, if you've liked any of the other records that we've, uh, talked about on this podcast, I think you'll enjoy this one as well. I would agree uh, with Caleb, that. Caleb, where can we find you on the, uh, on the World Wide web? Sure. Sure. So if, uh, if you so choose, you can, uh, seek me out on both Twitter and Instagram at Caleb Micah. Uh, and you can also find, uh, as we've mentioned, Previously, uh, the other podcast in our uh, 
corporate conglomerate, uh, the Never Heard of It podcast. You can find that at thenahoit.com. That's T-H-E-N-H-O-I-T.com. And uh, yeah, Michael Fight uh, co-hosts that with Caleb, and he's actually the one that makes us listen to these records. <laughs> he's, um, he's, he's a tyrant. He's a... Oh, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, Michael, if you're, if you're listening, please... Buddy, let us let us out of the dungeon. Let us sleep for once. Yeah. <laughs> we can't just keep listening to records 24-7 and producing your podcast for you. 20,000 records is too many. It's just too many. In one week? My God. It's madness. Uh, but yeah, much like... Uh, you know, I was, I was actually going to make a joke about how it's, it's like um, Mystery Science Theater 3000 where they, they trap... Uh, <laughs> they trap uh, Joel on the on the spaceship and and send him bad movies. But then I realized that's literally what your podcast is: is that uh, you and Michael were just trapped in a podcast, being forced to watch bad movies. Except yeah. that you're doing it to yourselves. Yeah, we're we're doing it willingly. Which like, I'm not. That might I be still, worse. I still wonder why. <laughs> and, like it it really is. It's so much easier to shit talk something you didn't like than to articulate why you loved something. Oh, it absolutely is. And it absolutely is. I don't um, understand why. Maybe someday it's, I will. It's funny because, um, you know, I don't watch a lot of the movies that you that, that you all review because I just don't have the time. Nor should um, you. Nor should I. But, like, I, li- I, I read the titles of the movies that you, <laughs> that you review, uh, and I listen to the podcast because I have to because <laughs> Michael makes me. <laughs> He, he he chains me to this desk and doesn't let me leave until they're all edited and and, and uploaded. Um, he doesn't even he doesn't even pay me. Ah, come on, can I at least get like a fan? It's hot in here. It's podcast sweatshop I'm in. I just think um, about the number of times that I've looked at the title of a movie and been like, "This is gonna fucking rule," uh, and then it's the worst and thing it doesn't. That I've ever seen. So so we'll, we'll circle back to that, but but the, the the point I'm making is that like I I see the titles of these movies and I hear you talk about them and I'm like you watched that on purpose. Yep, sure did. Like <laughs> like you sat down and went, yeah, I'm gonna watch this piece of shit. <laughs> uh, and then you talk about it, and then I have to hear it. And like I agreed to do this almost two years ago knowing full well what i was getting into and like i mean every week you watch a pile of shit every (laughs) single week over over a hundred episodes later it's still happening (laughs) i just think like oh man i've got to do ten thousand of those too (laughs) at least that's only one a week (laughs) it just makes me wonder what dirt does michael have on you that he he uh I can't say. Yeah, I know. Because well, if you did, then you'd, you'd be free. That's true. Because then it'd just be out there. So maybe you should. Maybe I should. Um, yeah, no, but it's it's funny because it's uh, the movies that, that you that you guys do, it, it, the, I look at the titles and I'm like, this movie's either going to be the worst fucking movie ever or it's going to rule and there's no in between. Uh-huh. And it's almost always the uh, the former. It is. It is. <laughs> Uh, and this has been uh, Left of the Dial, a commentary podcast on the Never Heard of It podcast. <laughs> starring Caleb Coy and Michael Fight. <laughs> oh, I would love to reach a point where somebody was listening to our podcast and then doing their own reaction commentary. <laughs> that would be fucking amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, the, the wish I hadn't heard of it podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but Kitsy, uh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, uh, you, you guys should do like a, a, a behind the scenes, like wish I hadn't heard of it podcast, where you just complain about the movies. Then I realize that's just the podcast you're already doing. That so. is, that's exactly. What <laughs> and. Uh, um, we don't like censor or edit everything, anything at all, uh, unless there's just like something that went horribly wrong technically. Uh, so literally it's just like an hour of rambling about how fucking awful this thing that we just watched was. <laughs> uh, but Kitsy, 
Uh, if someone were so inclined, how would they find you online? Oh, they shouldn't. They shouldn't do that. <laughs> uh, all hope abandoned ye who enter my Twitter account. Uh, but if you if you must, I'm on Twitter and the instant and the Instagram as uh, Hey Kitsy. The Instagram, I love it. And and you can find uh, you can find us. Uh, that is the Left of the Dial podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at uh, Left of the Dial PC. The PC stands for podcast, not personal computer. So stop saying that. <laughs> Who's been saying that? Uh, just stop saying it. Okay. It's podcast. Okay. Stands for podcast. It does. Who? Not personal computer. Who hurt you? Who hurt you? <laughs> uh yeah uh please check us out uh well i guess it's kind of weird to say check out our podcast because you're already, if, if you're listening to me say to check out our podcast you've already done that you've, you've completed that step in the process i don't need to tell you to listen to our podcast we hope that you continue to yes please continue listening i promise they won't all be this rambling oh who am i kidding of course they will no they totally will <laughs> yeah they totally will uh it's us have you met us i have i have too uh yeah so thank you for listening and join us again next week to us that's what you were doing and okay i'm i don't have anything else to say thanks for listening and we'll not see you next week but you'll hear us well Oh, yeah, you'll, you'll hear us if you choose to listen again, which at this point, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't. But please give us another chance. I promise we'll get better. Please give us another chance. Just just listen to one more. Just give us one more. And if you still hate it, then you, then you can you can you can dip out. You're really making the case here. I'm really I'm trying. Let's we need to end the podcast now. Goodbye. Yes. Bye. I still have yet to uh, figure out what timeline uh, the version of myself from the past, from the future that I met like five years ago here. <laughs> Actually, like it's more like more like eight years ago at this point. Uh, in, in line at the grocery store, met uh, I, I, I'm positive was a time traveling version of myself. Now was already that's old. a paradox. It, it was a bit of a paradox. Now, now, when you say he was already old, it's as though like, so I would have been like 30, roughly, when, uh, when I met this person. Uh, it's as though uh, some version of me within uh, a couple years of meeting this person went back about 30 years and then lived out my life and met myself back again at the start. In line at the grocery store. I, I am very confused. It was very confusing <laughs> when it happened. Uh, now, 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 why wouldn't you just live your life now to like 30 years in the future and then come back in time then? Why would you go back in time from now to 30 years in the past and relive? I, I don't know. Because you've already done that. You've already done that. You've been there. You already know what happens. Yeah. I, I, I don't know like how it happened. Uh, why didn't you ask him why he did that? It was. Uh, why you did that? I was kind of scared. <laughs> that's fair both ellen and i walked away from that encounter and looked at each other and we're like was that me <laughs> <laughs> i had a, a a similar although not nearly as cool uh experience where um a a friend of mine sent me a picture 
of a guy on Tumblr who I'm convinced is me in my 50s. Oh, weird. I think I showed you this even. I think I showed you the, the picture. Um, I think when I tell you the rest of it, you'll, you'll remember this. Uh, because apparently 50-year-old me has befriended a squirrel. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, right? <laughs> and he has a squirrel on his shoulder in the picture. And that's just... I'm, ver- I'm looking forward to the day when I meet the squirrel. Like, I... <laughs> I know it's coming now because I've seen the photographic evidence and I'm very excited. I'm very excited for, for, uh, for my, my future squirrel friend. It's like, if what, what are the circumstances around meeting this squirrel? Like, are you friends immediately? Do you have to like earn this girl's tw- trust? Does the squirrel have to earn your trust? <laughs> well, it definitely has to earn my trust. <laughs> You know, the, and that's the thing is, I don't know. We're going to find out. <laughs> like, and, we're, we're going to, I'm excited. We're going to forget all about this. And then like in 10 years, you're going to be like, Caleb, I met a squirrel today. <laughs> <laughs> How long do squirrels live? I don't know. Probably like, are you going to Google it? You're I totally Google am. It. I'm going to, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess eight. Eight years is the average lifespan for a squirrel. That's my guess. Average life of a squirrel is... Oh, uh, the alpine marmot is 15 to 18 years, and the Siberian chipmunk is 6 to 10 years. Those are not squirrels. Uh, They are, according to this Google search. (laughs) I just want want your standard, like... North American squirrel. That's what I'm trying to trying to find. I wonder if there's a difference between like Alpine marmot. Alpine marmot. The hell even is that? I don't know. Uh, apparently the uh, maybe the the genus of the uh, the squirrel. Well, this doesn't tell me anything. This is great radio. <laughs> I mean, we can move on. I just... Oh, here we go. Uh, many juvenile squirrels... Don't, oh, no, I don't want to say that out loud. That's sad. Adult squirrels can have a lifespan of 5 to 10 years in the wild. Some can survive 10 to 20 years in captivity. Hey. So, uh, you know, you can have your squirrel friend for a good long time. Oh, goody. <laughs> so, all right. Getting well, back to... Welcome back to this week's episode of... Kitsy and Caleb Google shit and go off on tangents about squirrels and time travel. I mean, it's relevant content.